This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello and welcome to your latest Blood Red Agenda. I'm your host, Sam Carroll, and today I am joined by Theo Squires in the hot seat with Paul Gorst and Ian Doyle, currently still in Genk, and definitely not Ghent, where two <laughs> unfortunate well. <laughs> Liverpool fans found themselves last night after apparently misreading the ticket. So if you are watching, lads, check your ticket next time. Have you ever, ever went to the wrong place for a game, Theo? I've had a, a sat-nav take us to an old ground. I can't remember which one, but it took us to the old ground that had closed down. But obviously when you're at your cities, it's only like 10 minutes down the road, so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> definitely not different cities obviously you can subscribe should be a little button somewhere here to the Blood Red channel for more of this content hopefully they just put it there where where my fingers are Uh, and today our topic is going to be a little bit on Liverpool's midfield a lot of talking points have have cropped up this weekend uh, this week sorry only one place to start probably the man the man who was back last night with two good goals one a phenomenal goal even with the outside of his boot Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain where do you see him fitting into this midfield? And is, is this part of Klopp's evolution at Liverpool? Does this midfield now move on? I think it's quite telling that uh, he's gone for Cater and Oxlade-Chamberlain in the game where he can't have Trent Alexander-Arnold. So it's like that was the Liverpool attack before the fullbacks really pushed on. So it gives them the options there. And it's the player Liverpool fans saw before he picked up the injury. And there's always that excitement there about Oxlade-Chamberlain. And then it's, well, maybe he's just this stopgap until Naby Keita comes in. So you think when Klopp's been targeting these players for so long and now he's got them available, it's like, who is actually in his first choice midfield? Because I think we can all agree that whilst the fans do want the midfield three that started last night, it's a FIFA uh, midfield three. It's a football manager one. It's not when you're doing real life. It is too attacking. Like Fabinho had to work very hard last night. And whilst they got the win, it's not one you can really see very often. So then you've got that competition there. Who is going to win this battle between Cater and Oxlade Chamberlain? And both of them did great yesterday. Obviously, Cater didn't get the goals, but he's feeling his way in. There's always been that excitement about him, that hype about him. And Oxlade Chamberlain, you just know what you get from him. He's just so good running with the ball. And he's been promising a goal like that for a while, hasn't he? Like yeah. He had a couple of old Trafford where he's gone close. And that, that second one, you don't do that in the Champions League. It's such a good finish. And obviously then Naby Keita as well, also starting his first game. His first game since the Barcelona game, would that be? No, did he start well, a MK Dons? MK Dons, Dons. okay. First Champions League game since first the Barcelona game. First Champions League game since the Barcelona <laughs> game. Shows you there. I think I remember, remember that MK Dons one. What did you make of Naby's performance? Yeah, he was a little lively. shoulder in the first few seconds, a little shoulder touch. Yeah, he's a good player, isn't he? He's always um, he's got something different about him there. And like Oxlade Chamberlain, they bring something else to the team. He's another one where you get the ball at his feet. And it's not the same as, say, the workhorses that you're going to get with um, James Milner, Gini Wijnaldum, and Jordan Henderson. And it's good to see him get 90 minutes because I, I can't remember how many games he has, but he's not had many at all because he's always got these injuries at the wrong moment. So, yeah, he tired a bit as the game went on, but for him to get that, you know, good win, it's a confidence boost for him. And we're probably going to see him getting more and more chances now as we head towards this, I say Christmas period, it's like two months off still. But yeah. You know what I mean? Like There's going to be all these, um, you've got the League Cup games coming up, like Arsenal, you'd expect him to start in that one. Yeah. Um, you've got the FIFA Club World Cup in December as well. So there are opportunities there for the midfielders to stake their claims. And maybe this is the time we'll start seeing the real Naby because he's promised a few times and then got injuries at the wrong time. Like we saw last year, got a few goals in a row and he scored at Southampton, scored in the Champions League against Porto, Huddersfield. And then you think, oh, he's arrived breaks down against Barcelona. Yeah. And obviously, James Milner this week kind of spoke out on on his Liverpool contract and said something gets sorted. He hopes something gets sorted sooner rather than later. 
Are you pro pro giving Milner a new deal? I'd give him another year, but with Milner, I think there's that growing acceptance that he probably wants to go back to Leeds United. Like if they were in the Premier League, you wouldn't begrudge him that at all, would you? If he wants to say, I want to go back to Leeds, you go, yep, yeah, go. Pop's done it before. He's like, let Lucas go to Lazio. We let Ragnar Klavan go to Italy as well. When you've got these experienced players that have done so much to the cause and they want to go and play, that he's got no uh, trouble saying, fine, we'd like to keep you, but we can understand your reasons why if the right offer comes in. And Leeds United will probably be the offer for Milner, but he's still offering so much now. He's what, 33, 34? He just doesn't slow down. Like we see every preseason, he goes and wins all those uh, running challenges, doesn't he? Still the fittest player in the squad. And he's one of those where you know what you get from him. And he delivers time and time again. So it will probably be a case of he chooses when he leaves Liverpool because you can't see his legs going away anytime soon. Would he be a difficult man to replace? Obviously, he can, can operate across the midfield, but also, as he's shown in the last couple of seasons, at right back and, and left back. I saw that last night. You saw both. that right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always difficult to replace a versatile player like that. I think um, there's that excitement there about Marco Grouch at the moment, isn't there? Because you think, oh, he's actually stepping up in Germany. He'll be that Milner replacement, but you're not going to see him filling in at fullback. Yeah. So um, when you've got like Joe Gomez, another player who's having to fill in in a position is not really his strongest, it shows where Klopp will need to strengthen his squad in the future. But it's more not where he can fill in on the pitch. It's Milner's experience. It's his professionalism, what he brings yeah. to that squad. Like you've seen all these great teams over the years. They've always had that elder statesman, don't they, in the squad that can bring them that little bit more. He's been there. He's done that. He's won the Premier League before. He's got the Champions League medal now. Like rest of the squad granted but you, you need that sort of player like you think the great Liverpool players from like even yesterday if we're going back to Steven Gerrard when he first came through into the team the players he credits most are like the Jamie Redknapps the Gary McAllisters that's why McAllisters with him at Rangers assistant manager and you've got any young Liverpool midfielder coming to this team they'll need a James Milner there to put their arm around him give him that guidance and if he goes you need someone else to do that role and then obviously moving on then to to Jordan Henderson and, and he missed out of the starting lineup. Yesterday, would you be worried if you hand out? I mean, a few months off winning the Champions League, and now you've got Cato and you've got uh, Chamberlain both both pushing for your place. Or do you think the way Jurgen Klopp's system is, there'll always be a place on, on the whole for for Jordan Henson? Uh, there was until Fabinho made the position his own as the holding mid. I think the holding mid that one is nailed down, and you can't have any complaints. Fabinho is the man who is the first name in that midfield. Jordan Henderson, he's he's not really picked up where you wanted him to push on from last year like we saw him getting goals and assists and he was looking really excited and exciting bombing forward impressed when he had the opportunity with England as well and it's not quite happening for him now and whether that's because Jurgen Klopp wants his midfield to be a bit more conservative like they're not playing at the best and that does sometimes come from the engine room but then it's like one of those where you're not going to ha- I don't think we're going to see Cater and Oxlade Chamberlain in the midfield together very often so it is a case of maybe one of those two and then one of Vinaldum and Henderson. Yeah. The only advantage they've got is Vinaldum and Henderson can play together. And then you've always got the debate of how come Vinaldum can't replicate his Netherlands form. Yeah. So Henderson, he's never had that ability to go and get like 10 goals in a season. He had one, when he was doing box to box under Rodgers, he was showing it. And it's not quite the same under Klopp now as he's got older, as he's matured, he's adapted to that role. Whereas Vinaldum can offer a bit more there. So he's got to find his role in this midfield. And it's like Milner, again, he's a leader. Isn't he? That's why he's got the armband. He's got that experience. That's what he brings to the team. But he does need to pick up his performances here. But that's what Klopp wants. He's got this strong competition for places. It's why he signed all these players. They're supposed to be pushing each other on. And now the battle commences. Do you think then, just to finish, with Adam Lallana scoring against <laughs> Manchester United last weekend, is this the healthiest 
looking Jürgen Klopp's ever had a midfield at, at Liverpool. He's got all these kind of options available to him and, and everyone seems to be coming into some good form. Yeah, definitely. Like it's a, He's almost been in a position at times where he can't win because even though you've got all these players that are there, you've got the names, and, oh, that's a good player, that's a good option off the bench and we saw it at Old Trafford, there's always that doubt that oh, if Salah's injured, Liverpool can't do it or they've had players missing and there's always been those complaints about Adam Lallana there's been the doubts whether Naby Keita can sell in Henderson's always had his pe- his critics but now they are pretty much all delivering like granted there's been a bit of a slump with Henderson Gino Ronaldo's not at his best compared to last year but James Milner like he's stepped up he's been counted this season yeah. like, the penalty against Leicester he seems to just keep on going um, Naby Keita and Alex Oxley Chamberlain obviously they want the opportunity they've been on the sidelines they've been frustrated and there's something to prove there so it's great time to be in this Liverpool midfield we've just done that at the wrong time there haven't we <laughs> well I think that's a pretty good yeah, I think that's a pretty good place to end anyway thank you very much for joining myself and Theo Squires make sure you hit the subscribe button and join us over on the Liverpool Echo website you've been listening to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel